Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another empowering episode of Mom Boss Maximizer. I have a woman here who is definition mom boss. I actually have just recently gotten to know her, and I'm so excited to bring her onto the podcast because our coffee chat, I was empowered, I was inspired, and she is right sitting next to me, Lauren Mullen. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm so I'm thrilled excited. to be here. Yes, me too. Me too. How are you feeling? How is this morning? You know, just exciting. I love it. I mean, what a great, I've never been on a podcast as a, you know, I've been interviewed before on as a basketball coach. And so I've had the microphone and this and all of that, but to do a podcast is pretty cool. I'm excited about it. I know we put on the headphones. I'm like, does this bring back memories (laughs) in between? Usually I was more stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is much more fun. Yes. So this is, she has such an inspiring story and I have to, and we're right here in Albany. So this is, this is an opportunity for both of us to get to know each other, but for you to share every like your journey. This is what we do here. So tell us, you know, from from basketball coach to executive coach. Yeah. Tell us about how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Um, I mean, much like everybody's journey, you know, it's windy ups and downs. And, um, you know, I think I didn't necessarily have a goal. I never thought I'd be an executive coach. Mm. I never thought I would be staying home with three kids. You know, if you had asked me when I was 18, I, you know, I probably had different visions and aspirations, but, um, what I am in right now, I couldn't imagine be being doing anything better. It, mm. it is, it's wonderful. It's great. And, um, so I, I, to formulate and go through, I was a division one college basketball player at Hofstra. And I shared this when we were at coffee, because I think it's a part of who I am and my journey and all of it. But I was a point guard captain. um, And I think that's always important to share because I think the essence of who I am is I just try to be a great teammate. Mm. And that's part of the story from basketball to being an executive coach and being a great teammate is really seeing the, the best in others, you know, trying to pull out that best, trying to move a group of people from one place to the next Mm -hmm. and all the rides that you go on along, you know, getting there. Um, so I played college basketball and you know, it was a challenging experience being a Division One athlete. Oof. It is. I mean, you are being a Division One basketball yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I think. I think, and I think. Uh, you know, having been a Division Three head coach, I will also say this: like, no matter the level, the sport, the sort of commitment on top and sacrifices you make to be part of that are incredible, mm-hmm. and, and you can feel it. It can be exhausting in it, but when you, if you can kind of make it through it. I mean, what it teaches you is uh, it's something that at that age, it's hard to find that lesson, I think, in a lot of other places. Mm -hmm. Um, So I made it through it. And, um, you know, I learned a lot about myself during that. Not when I was 22, I didn't learn it. You know, I think (laughs) I think I reflected back and went, oh, wow. Now I get it. Yeah, now I get it. (laughs) Now I get what the head coach was doing. Now I get where I could have been better. Now Mm. I get where there was a lesson in all of it. But um, so I played at Hofstra um, after college. I was I was a little I think lost in terms of my, my parents did not live where I was from anymore. My parents are divorced. My mom had moved back to the Midwest. My dad was in Tennessee. So I kind of like that home wasn't there. So mm. I moved out to Seattle, Washington, about as far as you can get. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. is it really that gloomy there? Is it so? Is so it here's gloomy what here no. or there. So it's gloomy from October to March. Okay, it's beautiful. Mm. from May to September 
I'm talking beautiful. And I visited during that time, so I got tricked. <laughs> yeah. And when I visited, I had a blast. I had a college friend who lived out there. And it was great. You just did exactly what you wanted. I wanted. And as a college athlete, you didn't get to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think that... Your traveling was yeah. going to your games. Yes. <laughs> and going to you tournaments. Know, it just was. Yeah. So I think I just... I was in search of that freedom, yes. not having any responsibility, right. not having to be the best, you know, trying mm-hmm. to be the best team player. Um, so I just did kind of exactly what I wanted for two years. And I think at the end of that two years, I, in it, I, I didn't find a lot of joy in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wasn't somebody I really wanted to be. Although there were certainly some fun parts of that, which 23 to 25 can be, mm-hmm. and you're living independently, you're making all your own decisions. Um, but I just, at the end of that two years, and in, in the midst of it, I said, this is not, this isn't who I am. That's a big identity yeah. shift. Yeah, it Basketball really is. Basketball was your life. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of responsibility. You know, again, what, what am I in all of this? Mm-hmm. And um, also, I think I was somebody that was motivated, motivated by achievement and how yes. I can make an impact. And I wasn't doing any of that. I was just kind of living my life. And um, so my mom <laughs> gently said, why don't you move in with me? Gently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she actually stayed in my apartment until I packed everything <laughs> up. Um, so um, we packed up a U-Haul, and it was literally on my 25th birthday. Mm. Moved from Seattle, Washington to Omaha, Nebraska, where wow. I'm not from, but uh, did it. And, uh, you know, that next kind of 10 months – I was able to get a little more grounded, mm-hmm. still experienced still, you know, some more challenges, just figuring out what I wanted, who I was, which is part of the journey, especially at that age, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually got certified to be a personal trainer, which I loved, loved it. You know, um, being the, able the to work. The skills are so yeah. transitional. Totally. From being an athlete to going to yes. being a coach. Yes. Trainer. Mm-hmm. And you get to see, you know, my clientele was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, exactly. 40s, 50s, moms, you know, who hadn't spent a lot of time on themselves and were carving out an hour to, mm. to invest in themselves. So just to see them transition was really, um, you know, I really enjoyed those, that hour with those people and being able to do that. But that I think connected me to, you know, what, what can I do that will impact and I can achieve and I can be valuable to society and I can enjoy. See, and, and I, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you focused on your health. Yes. Right. So you yeah. changed and then you found a purpose. So like when that health, I mean, was your, while you were in Seattle, were mm. you working out? Were you yeah, finding? So, yeah. So I actually, in Seattle is where I got certified initially to be a personal trainer. So I think I was, I, I mean, I, I'm like a kinesthetic person, mm-hmm. you know, just how I learn moving athlete, all of it. It's where I find confidence. Yep. It's where I found grounding. So I was certainly doing that, but it, I, I was, in a lot of ways, a mess. Mm-hmm. So I was, I think, trying to get pulled back to what I knew would be really good for me, um, but I wasn't making other great decisions, you know? So it, um, I, I think moving back in with my mom, just resettling on what's important to me mm-hmm. was that time was really valuable, mm. you know? And um, and my mom still gave me a lot of independence in that. I still had to pay rent. And pay rent. That's <laughs> my mom. Really? Oh, yeah, that's my mom. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you understand that yeah. now. You're just like, yeah, okay. she was, you know, but yeah, so, but it was good that that 10 months in Omaha helped kind of recalibrate what was important to me. Um, and during that time, I was like, you know, I think I really miss being part of college athletics. Mm. And um, again, having been a point guard and a captain, I, I liked that peach piece of being able to help make somebody better and see what they're great at and um, blend people together. 
and I loved basketball and it was a sport that then I could help others and do something I love and mm -hmm. the competitive nature of all of it. So um, at the at that time, the old age of 26, I actually went and was a graduate assistant. I was like an old, because most people are, you know, 21, 22 yeah. looking for positions. I got hired at Lehigh and, um, you know, making $250 a year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I did get my grad degree from Lehigh, which I never could have gotten into Lehigh. Hence, uh, <laughs> Sue Troyan hadn't, you know, said she's um, going to work that. for us. I that Villanova yeah. was the same thing. Yeah. It was just like, I mean, but work, I, have work. A, yes. yeah, I have a degree from Lehigh. Great. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Um, and worked with the women's basketball. And I, I knew like this is for me. This was great to be back in athletics. I felt a part of something bigger than myself. Mm. Could lean into my strengths. You yes. know, had a posse, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and during my second year there, the assistant coach left, and I applied for the assistant coach job. I was the graduate assistant, and I didn't get the job. And um, mm. but my future wife got the job. <laughs> so Colleen got the job. I don't think yeah. we talked about yeah, that. So I didn't know how that Co happened. Yeah, so Colleen got hired in the position I was going for. Oh my gosh. It all worked out, obviously, where yes. she came in and she was hard to dislike because I wanted to kind of dislike her. But she walked in. <laughs> Number one, she was a little more qualified. I could see why Sue hired her. I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, and she was great. And obviously we connected right away and I got to get my degree from Lehigh, which would have been a lot more challenging if I had taken on the full-time role. And mm. um, so all worked out. But then, so we for, gosh, however many years that was, you know, kind of tried to manage and balance the two of us being coaches mm -hmm. in the same sport, having similar aspirations, you know, being partners, um, doing it all. And um, then we got married. <clears throat> and during that time, I had become the head coach at NYU. Well, I went from Lehigh to Sacred Heart University, where uh, another Division One institution. And after four years of there, I became the head coach at NYU. Um, and I think part of the story too is like when I was at Lehigh as a graduate assistant, they they had a recruiting coordinator position open at Sacred Heart, which I don't know that I was qualified mm. for it, but the gentleman at the time, you know, he wanted to hire me. And I think because we just kind of got along, there was a connection yeah. and um, I, I, you know, was offered the job. I took the job and I remember my first day on, so I, as a graduate assistant, you're just doing all the other jobs that nobody wants to do, yeah. which is part of it. And that's yeah. okay. Um, but I wouldn't say that I was like heavy in recruiting. I wasn't, I hadn't really owned a responsibility that was mine from start to finish, but you know, Ed, Ed Swanson was his name and he gave me the opportunity. But the first day I said, okay, we were still looking for a post player mm -hmm. and Ed had won a lot of games and this was September, September 1st, which is late to be hired. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, we still need a post player in this class. And I said, okay, what do you need? He said, six, two can run like the wind aggressive can finish around the hoop. I'm like, okay like so I walk I mean that's yeah everybody wants that person yes. <laughs> so, so I walk in my office I close the door I'm like what did I get myself into <laughs> like what did I get myself into open the Were back you feeling like imposter syndrome yeah like, like I'm this, not good yeah, enough to yeah to like what this. I don't have the credentials to be mm -hmm, doing this mm -hmm. but then I just you know open the door what's the first thing I need to do I need to make a list of available posts but I just took it one step at a time yeah you know, we ended up, all ended up being great, and uh, I was so thankful. Ed gave me an opportunity for, mm. my, my resume didn't necessarily say, hey, she should have this position. You saw that. But and yeah, and he gave me the opportunity, and it was an opening, and, and I took it and stepped into it and did my very best. And um, the same story, same, that same fall, I sent Ed down to Virginia Beach, and he did this home visit and the whole shebang. And um, he comes back on the plane, 
you know, so he took 72 hours away from his family, away from the program to do this, because I said, this girl's going to be great. You know, she comes back. He puts down the transcript on my desk after he gets back, and he goes, she's not eligible. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, so you just, a mistake. Yeah, it was yeah. just a mistake. I didn't, she told me she was a B student. Uh-huh. Well, it was my first time being a recruiting coordinator. I didn't know to, like, really look at the transcript. <laughs> You know, and he was, he just, but she fed everything else. Yeah, he, I did, the he did, he did, he, she did. But, um, so it was a learning process yes. for me, you know, and you're going to make mistakes along. I didn't beat myself up too bad about it. You know, I just, I mean, I felt bad, wasted his time, the resources, the money, but got to move on. Got to, but what a great yeah. path to yeah. be in because like you said from before with now being yeah. an executive coach and finding the strengths yeah. Yeah. and what you were doing is finding the potential, finding yeah. the strengths. And yeah. this is why I guarantee if you were to take the um, strength finder, have yeah. you heard of, did we talk about that? Yeah, we assessment? Did, yeah, yeah, we talked about a couple different assessments. That's why yeah. I call this my boss maximizer. Yeah. The yeah. first strength of mine is maximizer yeah. and it's, it's find the potential in people yeah. and using yeah. your strengths. Sure. So here you are, you're like, okay, let me find, let me yeah. use my strengths. And it's all yeah. about relationship building, right? Yeah, sure. With that. Yeah. And how did that prepare you for, and how much did that prepare you for? The, the mistake the, I made? or All of it. For yeah. being in that so, position so, that so, you didn't think you were qualified for. Yeah, so I think like, well, I mean, I think part of what has helped me, you know, be successful or just, you know, be content and happy and have achieved something. And still be is, you. Yes, exactly, is that, when I make a mistake, generally, I mean, I take accountability for the mistake. I look at what I could have done differently, and I try to just move through it. Mm. And the opportunity that Ed gave me to be in that role of, like, making decisions, pointing them in a direction, what happened is I made some mistakes, which anybody's going to. Yep. He didn't micromanage me. He let me. But that prepared me to be a head coach. Mm -hmm. Because as a head coach, you're going to have to make all sorts of decisions, and you're going to make mistakes. Yeah all the time in front of people. Yeah. And um, that that helped prepare me. I think innately kind of how I'm built a little bit, it, it lent itself to that. Of course. Um, but also he put me in the position and let me go. Mm. And, like uh, go fly. Yeah, exactly. And, and make mistakes and, and, to... and know what it feels like to, to make a mistake, Absolutely. to fail. How do you get back from it? How do you learn from it? How do you put one foot in front of the other? And that's the um, message you yeah. give to your athletes. Uh, absolutely. And now to your children. Yeah, totally. Right? Just absolutely. all, this is why I love what we do. Yes. You know, yeah. No, like, completely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a head coach, I think it's, um, I was a head coach for six years at New York University. Again, like, I don't know if I was ready for that. I don't know if, you know, I was qualified for it, but I was given the opportunity. And, you know, I, the woman who hired me, Hall of Fame coach. I mean, she had like an 80% winning percentage. Janice Quinn, she's still the senior women's administrator there. Mm. And I mean, she could win at any top level division one team. I mean, uh, she's fan she was a fantastic coach and a great administrator. But I remember when she was in the interviewing process, she said to me, she goes, look, I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly here, mm -hmm. which I so appreciated. Mm. She didn't sugarcoat. I mean, everybody mm. knows NYU. Who wouldn't love NYU? Right. But right. she's like, you know, the good is that we're NYU. Mm -hmm. right? We're everyone in knows us. Yeah, everyone knows us. It's a fantastic school. It's in New York City. We've won before. You know, here's here's the bad. It it costs X amount of money. You know, at this time we don't give great financial aid, so you're climbing an uphill battle. And then the ugly is is we have one returning player. Mm. So is this still a job you want? You know? Ooh. And again I hung up the phone and I was like, Ooh. Ooh, is it a job? <laughs> like and Ed even said to me, Are you sure you want to do this wow. for your first and um 
clean and I did. slate. Yeah, kind of. You, which you get is to build. Really exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, you just have to, and you have to grind it out and yeah. figure it out. And again, I was anxious and nervous, and you have all those thoughts that are, yeah. you know, can, can I do, I do this? it? Yeah, am I going to be able to do this? But <laughs> and you fucking did. Yes, I did. <laughs> there were moments where I felt like I didn't, but you know, I mean, at the end of it, we had, you know, I had a winning record. Yes, I um, felt like I had a good and strong positive impact on my student athletes was a great member of the community as a whole at NYU and um, you know when you're a head coach and I think this applies to so many places and I didn't my first year we lost a lot and um, you know and that was to be expected we had all freshmen and all this but even at other times during that journey of being a head coach we lost games that I felt like we shouldn't lose Mm -hmm. or even we lost games that I'm going okay this makes sense but if it if I equated my value to winning and losing which Mm -hmm. and being sometimes you know in the professional world and in coaching it's very black and white you either achieve it right yeah Mm -hmm. and um it was gonna be like a really lonely place Mm. so it, it natural as a competitor and wanting to be you know seen as successful and achieving you know I wanted to win all the games and it bothered me when we didn't but I always tried to like recalibrate myself back to like why am I coaching Mm -hmm. what's important in all of this Mm -hmm. what can I evaluate my success on that has nothing to do with the score yeah. yeah and so when I was able to do that like in like for example there was one season where we were like 17 and oh we ranked third in the country Wow. At NYU. What but year was this? That that was my third year, my fourth year at NYU. I can't remember the exact year to tell you the truth because I was hired there in 2012. So maybe it was 2015-ish, okay. okay. 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were 17-0 and, and uh, we'd beat two teams on the road that were really hard to beat, you know. And then we went on a seven-game losing streak in conference. Mm. Man. Wow. And you Just could, a I blow to the ego. Yeah, and I had like some seniors on the team that you know they meant a lot to me. They mm-hmm. were part of that first team that had they were freshmen, mm-hmm. you know, had weathered that and um, you molded them. Yeah, and 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 they molded me too. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, I mean, they really taught also me about just showing up when you're 18 like if they can do this and this is really hard then I can do this you know so I think I just had so much appreciation for what they had done Mm. for our program and for me personally you know so in that seven games losing streak it wasn't just like why are we losing which Mm -hmm. was part of it um and me trying to figure out ways to motivate them I just had to like stand back and go okay what what is the opportunity in all of this Mm -hmm. which is I can be a great example of how to handle this rocky road for these, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, how can I be an example of that, of resiliency showing up, continuing to be positive, continue trying to problem solve, you know, believing in them. So when I tried to recalibrate that around the success, you know, I didn't feel so bad, <laughs> you know, I felt better, yeah. you know, it was just like some freedom in that. And um, so that, that was a great learning lesson for me in that year. It also, wow. I recognized how hard it was to win. Mm. like when you're 17 you're just like we're you know it's hard but you don't really realize how hard it is to win maintaining that sustainability of that is man and also to enjoy the win yes like and so we finally won i I understand that we we finally won you just on to the next one exactly exactly you're not really you're an achiever boom 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 boom. another thing i achieved another thing we achieved another thing we achieved this is so important for the athletic mentality yeah for all athletes experience this totally and then and transition to coaches yeah absolutely Mm. and uh then we we won and i remember walking to the locker room and i and we hadn't played very well but we won and i said i'm gonna enjoy every minute 
of this win, mm. <laughs> you know, just, and like, just appreciate how we were able to fight through it. And so that was, that was like a wow. great moment in the coaching, but to continue on. So I was the head coach there at NYU and in those six years I was at NYU, Colleen and I got married. We had a baby, Maggie, and she was the associate head coach at Army where their team had experienced a ton of success as well. And then we had twin boys. So we went from... <laughs> you are just like, you high know, yeah, on yeah. life. Yes. And Personal we're, and, personally yeah. and professionally. I mean, we are, we are experiencing so much joy and abundance mm-hmm. and like success and greatness. But I mean, we are being pulled in a million directions. Yeah. So now you have two division... She's division one assistant coach and associate head coach. I'm division three head coach. We live in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm commuting an hour and 40 minutes. Wow. Every day. Every day. She's commuting 45 around a mountain, and we have three children in Westchester. I mean, we are hanging on by a thread mm. in terms of just being able to, like, make it work. Yeah. You know? Survival and, mode. Yeah, totally. And at the end of that six year, I just, both of us kind of were like, you know, something probably has to change here. Because I don't know that we're, any of us are doing what we want to be doing at the highest level we can mm-hmm. just in terms of like being present and consistent and giving the time and effort. So, and kind of I have a question. Mm. What is that highest level yeah. at this point yeah. in both of your mindsets? Like where did you want to go? Yeah. Your, this is your sixth year and yeah. she, and Colleen was where? I mean, um, she was the associate head coach. She had been there for seven years. Seven years. Army. Okay. Yeah. So you're and both. We, we had both. You've been doing, w- this, for, w- been doing yeah. this for six, seven years. Yes. That, that yes. travel and now three kids. Yes. And we added, right? So the last year when we were like, okay, this is too much. Yeah. Like having three kids in Westchester, not living near, not having any family. Um, and when I say like success, I just mean I, whenever I was somewhere, I felt like I had to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. and having two people like that. Um, having to also rely on nannies and, you know, uh, we had to fire our nanny in the middle of that year too. So it was like, you know, it just was, it just wasn't something I couldn't be, I couldn't show up. Mm-hmm. I think that's, and that's kind of be like fully it, present. Yes. I in, couldn't in those roles and be prepared. Like I felt that some ways in my last year of being a head coach, I just wasn't as prepared mm. and, you know, both mentally, spiritually, physically for my team and then when I was at home it was kind of the same you know did you I just, feel like you were just letting your yeah, team down out of, out of, your yes, school down yes your children down yeah your exactly. wife down I'm just it, pulled, it's just yeah and we were both doing jobs that were pulling us in all those directions yeah. and so um we had both gone for division one head coaching jobs before and had been finalists and um but hadn't gotten the jobs and this year we just said you know what like I think we need to more aggressively go both of us for division one jobs so, you know, I, I was a finalist at UMass Lowell, which is 10 minutes from where Colleen grew up. Okay. So I didn't get the job. Um, the, uh, the next two weeks, Colleen interviewed at UAlbany and did get the job. So we were in this position where, and UAlbany, you know, as much as it would have been wonder, her family is great and really supportive and just, it would have been great to be there in that community. Yeah. UAlbany gave us the opportunity, I could stay home. Because in terms of cost of living and just mm-hmm. the community as a whole, so you know. so different from Westchester, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Or, or right outside Boston, Massachusetts. Yes, like it's, you yes, know, it's, yes. It's just more of a grind. It's more expensive. Wow. Um, so you all the timing just, of this blessing was a discuss. I mean, it just so I went from you know being a Division three head coach and NYU interviewing is Division three. It is. Yeah. Why I, is yeah. D, is it D one or D two in other sports? Hmm. 
I don't know. No? It used okay. to be many, many years ago, Division One. Okay. I think it's just like the notoriety yes. of the school mm-hmm. and the alum right. that many people think. Um, but the conference it competes in, I mean, you get a lot of Division One level athletes, mm-hmm. and um, but no, it's Division III. It's, um, so, you know, within that month, I went from being the Division Three head coach in Westchester to potentially being the Division One head coach at UMass Lowell to being a stay-at-home mom at UAlbany, all within. So just the transition wow. of like my yes. roles, you know, and I tell you what, like it, if you would have asked me three years from that date of calling and getting the UAlbany job, like, would you be willing to not be a coach? I would have said yes. Cause mm-hmm. I knew it was the right answer, but like in my heart, I would have been like probably resentful about it a little bit. Of course. Felt like I didn't yeah. see my, um, kind of vision through mm-hmm. all of those sorts of things. But after having kids and, knowing you know this was a new team I was a part of again kind of just going back to um what can I help my family Mm -hmm. do and be their best um it was it was an easy answer for me it's a different deeper purpose and a different deeper why yep that shifted yeah especially after everything that you got you both were juggling yeah and I just said I you know logistically I'll be the one here like, yeah. and I'll just do my very best to support you, Colleen. And I mean, and, and talk about a mom boss. I mean, Colleen is a mom boss. I mean, it, she carried all three of our kids. Oh, Associate my head coach, recruited one of the best players of the Patriot League. Still rocking I mean, those heels. She's rocking the heels. With you know? the bump. Yeah. I mean, she's just like she's dynamite, right? So, like, um, my role was <laughs> to help support her, yeah. you know, so she didn't have to stress about that. She knew somebody was home, available, and, um, being a division one head coach of a program that had been really successful was stressful enough for mm-hmm. the first time being a d- head coach too. Um, so I was home with our three kids. Boys were one, Maggie was three. And I think I shared this with you never in a million years. Like if you had had a superlative in high school in the yearbook that said least likely to be home driving a minivan <laughs> in a white picket fence neighborhood, my picture would have been next to it. Like they're just like nobody. Yeah, yeah. And it just didn't fit the vision I had for my, right. for my life. And I don't think I'm innately like nobody would say like, yeah, Lauren's really a caretaker. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm a supporter. I'm a coacher. I'm a advocate. I'm yes. a, you know, motivator, but I don't think they pictured me in that kind of typical mom role. Yeah. And, um, but I tell you what, having kids, it, it's certainly have found my caretaking nature, which mm-hmm. kind of comes out more. So I stayed home with them in the minivan, rocking it, and um, that that those couple years were, uh, you know, a real challenge. I mean, not for me necessarily in a role, but Colleen being a first-time head coach and experiencing all that she was kind of moving through. I mean, yeah. again, talk about a success story. She was one and nine to start. One and nine. Was she really? One and nine. Mm. You know, and um, that's frustrating. That yeah. is discouraging to start yeah, off with. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody who you know, Colleen's achieved at everything she's done, and um, that that was difficult mm-hmm. for her and for us. And um, but I believed it. I knew Colleen was going to be great. Like I, Colleen will be great at anything she does. There's no like you know, she just had to ride the wave, which is really hard. And look at her now. Oh you know God. what I mean? You're like so, it's, you're such yeah. a good wife she's easy I to, get filled up like yeah, just hearing you be she's so easy supportive to, yeah she's the, she's a rock star like she is a, oh my literally goodness. you put her in any role mm-hmm. like and she will just be, be because she's really good at figuring out what needs to be done and then she does it you know and um and she's really smart so she figured it out it, but during that time you know so even within that year right she was one and nine and flipped the script they ended up being third or fourth in the league Oof. because she 
kind of figured it out and our team got behind, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what they were trying to do. And, and, and yeah. And the rest is, you know, history right now. They're have a great record great. and yeah. So it's, so anyways, we, at that time, one and nine, we weren't sure we made the right decision, but, <laughs> but with the twins yeah, and yes, the exactly. what are we doing? You know? Um, <sighs> yeah. So, but we, we figured our way through it and, and um, Albany's, yeah. it's Albany's a little difficult yeah. at first for people yeah. to adjust to. And yeah. that's what I hear a lot. I mean, I'm from here. Yeah. I, you know, moved away and then moving back. It's yeah. very family oriented. It's, it's a lot of people lot from of, here, a lot of people yeah. from here. They mm-hmm. stay here. So, yeah. and at UAlbany being an athlete there and also mm-hmm. being a supporter, yeah. it's it, it, the, the culture and mm-hmm. the support yeah. is there. Yeah. But it always can be better. Yeah, I sure. always feel like that way yeah. about Albany. I'm like, what? Come yeah. on, we need. We don't have. This is the yeah. D. This is the capital. Yeah. And this is this yeah. is a D one program. Yeah. Do people understand the essence and the yeah, sure. and the the beauty of this? Yeah. And it's just because it's ingrained in us and the passion yeah, sure. of being athletic and sure. and what that entails to yeah. of, of an athletic program. Yeah. So I am sure that was difficult too, with from coming where you both came from. Yes. And and then having a D1 program, and I'm not sure about the operations and yeah. the admin and everything. So, yeah. but that is that is a challenge itself. Yeah, of- so, I mean, there certainly were adjustments in all of it. Um, I think we, although you know, I think when you're moving, so we moved to Del Mar, which is kind of has that kind of small town feel. Yes. People come back there because they love it. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are from there and stayed there. And um, but I found, you know, I think it was so much easier than Westchester mm. that I was just like, oh, it's easy. It's small like, Oh, I can like get from point A to point B yes. without traffic mm-hmm. or like, I don't have to pay to park. Like, yeah. I don't have to pay like this. I don't have to pay to park <laughs> like to go to the grocery store. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, those, like, and so with kids, I was just so appreciative. It was easy because mm. having a wife, a spouse, that's a division one head coach. That's yeah. not easy. Yeah. Having three kids under three, not easy, yeah. you know, transitioning role, not easy. And so I found the community to be easy, which was nice. Just the mm-hmm. logistics of it. Um, and we were able to get into a great preschool and, you know, it's able to kind of get settled. And again, I kind of found my roles, like my role is to try to connect with other families. Mm-hmm. So I did my best and I've been, been, we've been able to really, I've been able to create a, a really great community of family and friends, you know, in the Bethlehem, Albany area. That's so good. Um, and it's so valuable to my kids mm-hmm. and to Colleen and, um, and I, our family needs it. We don't have any family in right. this area. So, yeah. and Colleen has to work a lot. And mm. um, I, there's still three kids under, you know, eight. It's, we're pulled in a lot of directions. So I have to lean on people. And um, where did you, know. you go to? What was one of some of the things yeah, in the area you know, that you, I said Bethlehem, but like, was it businesses? Was it certain people? Yeah, I think it's just like like you and I. I just yeah. I think I was willing to just share like this is really hard. I have three kids. Like the vulnerability. So there we go. so here's a perfect example. Like Maggie went to preschool, a half day preschool, and I would pick her up and I had my boys and they were two years old, mm-hmm. a year and a half. If I got them out of the car, it was a nightmare. Oh. Just getting them out of the car seat, yes. and we were going in every direction, and I would have to go up these stairs and then corral the three year old and get her down the stairs with the twin boys. Like it was. I was in a full-blown sweat. Like, yeah. so. Don't you, you know, wish there was a camera on you? Yeah, oh, guys, talk <laughs> so, about a podcast and a YouTube channel that people yes, would watch. Like yes. that, if they had I said that about, I said yes. about our family, yes. too. Yes, crazy. Or I would have watched that. Yes, they'd be like, <laughs> see, it's hard for her, too. Like, so what I realized is, 
I have to befriend some of these moms yeah. so they can watch my minivan so I can go get Maggie or, <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, like literally I'd say, hi, okay, you're Brent. I'm Lauren. Great. I have two one and a half year old boys in there. I don't want to get them out. Would you mind just watching the minivan while I went and got Maggie? And you know what? Most moms are like, absolutely. Yes, I would never it. want to take one and a half year olds. Like they would look in and, you know, they'd be like crazy little, you know, boy. Oh yeah. You want to leave them right there. Oh my <laughs> God. Know? So right away I was just able to find moms. Yeah that were really willing to mm. help and, and embrace yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it. they thought it was funny and great. And, um, so that's where I made some of some great friends, like even just initially, it was just asking for some help yes. and being who I was and, you know, and but I I'm sure that had been hard yeah. asking for help. It yeah. Was, I mean, just as someone who you are, <laughs> yes. but it was, it was easier than walking up those stairs <laughs> <laughs> and to see, and it, you know what it was hard is just kind of figuring out who would be most open to it, yeah. you know, like, and once I knew, kind of the vibe of people then once I okay she's like so nice and personable she'll yeah. definitely do it yeah and and people would you know even then it started do you want me to watch the boys you know like they'd see me or do you want me to grab Maggie and so that's what evolved out of it so, and, and that's yeah. and that's the thing too eyes are on you yeah I'm sure yeah. or people don't know who you are just because because that is and that is a local celebrity yeah, that she is, is someone who's she, in you know she like she says sometimes I want to go to the grocery store like with a mustache and a hat because it's like <laughs> You know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's on. Yeah. So yeah. for you to be, you know, mm. the wife of the mm. Division One women's you all yeah, basketball sure. coach, you know, I'm sure that had that had to be difficult yeah, too. Me, you, <laughs> I wasn't very were you good. Always at, like, yeah. I'm. Are you always like the wife, or are you like, oh no, I'm more? You know, yeah. did you ever? Well, both. I think it's both. Like, I think you know, Colleen never begs me as the wife because she doesn't see me that. You know, she sees me as a whole other yes. different entity of, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I have to, inter I'm Colleen's wife, you know, yes. my name's Lauren, and yeah, yeah. that's the way, but in that community, I was Maggie's mom, you know, yeah. and I was Lauren, and mm. um, they got to know me through that vehicle, and, you know, I think I was just like an authentic mom who, like, needed some help and was a little out of her element, yeah. like, you saw other moms you know, they had like the train of ducklings going up there, but that was not, mine were not ducklings who were going to stay in a row. Like I know who those little rascals are and they are not staying in that row. So um, that's how I was able to build, I think, community is just being like friendly with people, asking their story. It. Yeah. Knowing I needed a little help yeah. and like people were very willing to help. And, you know, during part, another part of that kind of story during that time is, um, I, I didn't realize it because I was with them all the time, but Callan was having kind of some significant delays with communication. And, um, and I, I, to be honest with you, I just thought he was easy because mm. he didn't move around. Like yeah, there were just some things he laid down a lot. He, he was kind of in his own world. And compared to my other guy who was moving all over the place and having the three-year-old, like he just was my easy guy. And Colleen kind of after the season was like, man, because she had been in and out and, and also Colleen's nature is she does not, I can be a little more like, let me bury my head in the sand and just move forward. Yeah. Where Colleen is much more like, uh, oh, something's going on here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like let's, and that's good. Uh, that's yeah, the compliment yes. of each other. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. she, um, you know, just said, I, I think something's going on here. But you're in it every single day. Every you see them every single day. Every so single day. last time yeah. you're, you're yeah. she's yeah. recognizing. She something. is, you know, and um, she said, I think we need to get him evaluated and for, um, ASD autism spectrum disorder. And, um, so he was two at that time we called and the, you know, Albany med and they said it'll be a year before he can be evaluated. We're going, Oh my goodness, mm -mm. a year, you know, so we're defeated. And did your primary 
send you to Albany Med no, to get, or no. you just went there first? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we, did, our primary was actually kind of like, which I think this is a little bit how they were kind of like, maybe wait a little. Because he's a social guy. Oh, maybe I got the same thing, too. Yeah. Yes. So but Colleen, Colleen is not a waiter. I, by nature, might be a little more of a waiter. <laughs> like, she was like, we ain't waiting. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, oh. um, Advocate now. Yeah. She's, so, again, part of our story is Colleen shared. She shared with her boss what was going on with our boys. Because we weren't sure Brendan had some signs, but, you know, we weren't as concerned about Brendan. We were more concerned about Callan. And um, she was sharing with her boss at that time. It, currently Mark Benson and Mark said you know what give me 10 minutes mm -hmm. I know somebody and um you know we we try not to like pull the name card on you know Colleen's position and yeah. job but there it was like this is okay yeah. if you know somebody and pull um, the damn card sometimes absolutely when it comes to your children uh, yeah. you pull the card and Albany Med <laughs> called us you know within a week and said we can get her get him in um you know in the next few months and I tell you what we mm -hmm. went to another place first actually that was able to get him in a little faster and they said to wait and see it was a nurse practitioner with both the boys wait and see wait and see and um we just said, no, we're mm. not going to wait. Like innately, we know why is he on the, right now he's on the ground. He's mm -hmm. looking at the wheels of the car. He isn't speaking at two. Yes, he's social. Like he likes people, but mm -hmm. that's his personality. That yeah. He still has some real deficits in communication and seems to be in his own world. He hit enough tickers for us to Mama's like. Mama's intuition yeah, knows best. Yeah, like something's going that's, on, you yeah. know. So then we got him with Albany Med and that doctor was wonderful. She went with the mom's intuition and she mm -hmm. watched and said, you know, with Brennan, could go either way. With Callan, I'm pretty sure he's on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And um, calling it, obviously you're going to feel all the feels around what that means. But Scary. Yeah, just what, what does that mean? Yeah. But at that moment too, we were like relieved that mm. okay so now we can get a plan like mm -hmm. to help them right and um so with brendan she kind of said you know the diagnosis will help him get services so give him the diagnosis then so we'll take got it. all sorts Absolutely. of services by the time they were two and a half um and they've had significant strides in their communications and the personalities and i mean the personalities are the same as they were then but they can just <laughs> be seen a little more clearly and mm -hmm. you know both of them certainly have challenges but i mean they are lights i mean they are just both like wonderful little boys that mm -hmm. get the right support and um you know so that that was that was going on in colleen's first and second year mm -hmm. me being home all of that then COVID hit Oof being home, doing the therapies, her trying to, all that. So that must have been a lot of yeah. pressure and stress on you. Yes. Because but, your role was, let me yeah, advocate, take care of my babies. Yeah, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is my role right and, now. And support yeah. Colleen in this new yeah. adventure. Yeah. D1 has a lot of pressure to it too. Totally. And so it's like she's experiencing that pressure. Yeah. You're experiencing this pressure. That is a lot. Yeah. And Colleen How is a winner. Like that's yeah. what she does. Yeah. Like it's, I'm telling you, like she just is that sort of person. You could mm -hmm. put her at the top of a sales team. And leading a sales team, she would win at that. I she love her intensity. The, yeah, I, I mean, love her intensity. And she's just like she just she's just a winner. So mm. I think also not just like the pressure of Division One, but she she wants to win at things. Yeah. Like she wants to be successful. She wants to help others be successful. So you know she's in the process of doing that while our boys are get, getting diagnosed with ASD and being just two and a half year old boys, which is a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like now with the services. Yeah. yeah. I think I shared with you how Bria, once I was really heavily advocating for mm. Bria with the developmental pediatricians, yeah. once she, it took a long time to yeah. actually get the services and come in. Did they come yeah. into the house? Yeah, so we did. It was, it was both. Like we had some, when they were 
younger, they came to the house, like two and three. Um, and we did, we also did ABA therapy, uh, which can be a little controversial for, they, it kind of has a bad rap of the old ABA therapy. Mm-hmm. It was like punitive, I guess, or something. I don't, I'm not sure. It, but what we found, it was very, po- there's a lot of positive reinforcement. It's mm-hmm. advanced behavioral analysis therapy. Okay. And it really just, um, kind of for us, we found with our boys, it helped, um, give them a lot of positive affirmation around mm. communication also gave them small goals and if they could consistently do those small goals then they got a positive affirmation around it and then they continued to do that um, so their communication I mean they it just for both of them they went from really not having a lot of words at two and a half if any mm-hmm. um, to you know by the time they I mean <laughs> both of my boys talk none stop <laughs> is that you love seeing that growth, I mean, but like the perfect non-stop. parents to yeah, be yeah I mean non-stop <laughs> yeah you your yeah. coaches yes and they, even yeah and it was a good blend again for Colleen and I is Colleen is a she's a bulldog like she is a mm-hmm. going to she's a mother lion like she was not going to take no for an answer which again I think my nature of like being that good teammate Mm -hmm. a little more of a okay like I would have been a little more passive in that actually yeah but she was not um Mm -hmm. I think not that she I think a strength of mine is I'm I just show up I do the like the next thing so the next thing was I had to drive them 35 minutes to Schenectady every day Mm -hmm. you know and so that was my job i put the boys in there. We went there after there, we grabbed Maggie, you know, and, um, you know, but again, like when I really look at how lucky am I for our boys that I can do this? Exactly. There's other families. They have to ask a grandma or they can't do it. Or just like, if you would have gotten the job, like just like, that's why yeah. when you look back at your journey yeah and just, it's, and it's, it's just, unbelievable it was, it's supposed to be aligned yeah how it has been. yeah mm-hmm. and you know so we were able to do that with the services and they went to a great preschool spotted zebra which was wonderful oh, they went great. there for three years yeah. I mean, it was just great mm-hmm. and um now they're in kindergarten and doing wonderful i mean That's you know awesome. i mean again there's there's challenges for yeah especially for cal um but he he's such a brave guy that like tries yeah. to walk through it and you know um so i'm Yes, it it was a big transition. It was a lot of pressure for both of us to kind of figure out these new roles to be good yeah. at these new roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I shared this with you two years into me being home with the kids. I I was enjoy like I was enjoying it. I didn't have a lot of resentment. You know, people mm-hmm. would ask me, hey, "Do you miss coaching? You know, what a big sacrifice! Wow, you really sacrificed." And I was like, I, I mean. Colleen and I both sacrificed. I mean, mm. she has to be away from her kids. She is like, there's a lot of pressure on her. Wow. Like, that's huge of you just to even recognize that too. I mean, but it was You're like not yeah, just me, her yeah, too. Yeah, this is like, yes. I mean, she's grateful for this opportunity, but it's also a hard mm. opportunity mm-hmm. that she's doing. And um, so I didn't have a lot of resentments or felt like I was. I enjoyed being home with my boys. I enjoyed being home with Maggie. Something I never thought I'd want. But it was it was great and wonderful. But at the end of two, it was about two years. Colleen looks at me and she said, "I think you should go back to work." <laughs> and I was like, "Why?" I go, "Why?" Yeah, I said, "Why?" What? Are we like financially? Do you think like? She goes, "No." She goes, "I think you're going cuckoo." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, am I?" And she's like, "Yeah, I think you kind of need like something else besides just, which is hard and wonderful and mm-hmm. great." But just but it's yeah. another purpose. Yes, yeah, doing something else yeah. too. So um, I. I made a bunch of phone calls to people 
some that I knew, some that other people connected me to mm-hmm. that were familiar with my transferable skills of being a basketball coach and kind of maybe personally knew something about me, but also so they could kind of see it through that framework. But yeah. I wanted to hear their story on how, you know, the, cause I didn't really know you have an idea of what this profession does mm-hmm. or what that profession. So if I'm going to transfer to another person, profession what do they do mm. you know what does the day does look, look like? like exactly so can you walk me through it ask them how do you think some of my transferable skills would fit into that um now the mentors mm. and people in your networks who you reached out mm. to were they all basketball related or people from just colleges you worked with yep both and all that some were some were coaches some were former coaches some were parents of former players um, some were former teammates, friends. Mm. Um, w- one actually happened to be, she um, lives in Albany locally, and she knew Colleen um, from the Boston area. She played at Bentley, and she's done really well um, in, in professionally. And she was, um, I don't know what her position at that time was, but she was pretty high up on executive staff uh, for a local uh, healthcare company. Mm. Actually, it's national, but it was the local branch. And so I called her just to like see you know, what suggestions maybe in that realm would be a good fit. And she said to me, she goes, Lauren, and she was one of many phone calls I made. She goes, I have this position. It's a per diem sales position. And um, the Albany market needs one. You could work from home. It's super flexible. You know, we could pl- we could pay you well enough, like in that role, you know, and I kind of hung up and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know if that really plays into like my why, you know, mm-hmm. you know like, yeah. and, you know, and also I think, my ego is like, I want to be like head of sales, baby. Like yes. that's who I am. Yeah, exactly. I'm the main. Yeah, exactly. But then I thought about like, and I, I said, you know what? Like my main role right now is to help my family. Mm-hmm. The boys are three. Colleen's still in the thick of it. Maggie's first year in kindergarten. It's co- like the end of COVID, you know, kind of COVID coming out of that whole thing. And I kind of put it over here. Let me think about it. And you know, I said to Colleen, I was like, God, but if I take the job, what if I hate it? Like, and us as athletes and you don't quit you don't stuff. Give up. You don't no. quit stuff. So if no. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yes. Right. And Colleen looked at me, she goes, if you don't like it, then quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is that <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, you don't have to do it, but you can try. And once she kind of gave me the like. That validation the, of the, like, like. You can, if it I got you. Fit, yeah. Don't worry. This isn't, you don't have to like. You've been that person for her yeah and she was so, gr- she was so supportive in that and oh just my god like, i love you guys can we all go out <laughs> yeah, i just need I, yeah. do you guys hear this colleen yeah. Lauren, we're all gonna hang out yeah she was great just and, me. I, and i was like wait quit and she was like yeah if you don't like it you just quit i'm like okay yeah so i thought about it and again i was so grateful that she even th- you know because again she knew our makeup of yeah. our family what was being asked of me and what was all and but during that time i also talked to a former division one head coach who had become an executive coach mm. and when I was talking to her I was like this That's is what it. I want to do yeah and Colleen had been in the back of my ear the whole time like you should do this mm-hmm. this would be so good for you like it speaks to what you love to do mm-hmm. I've always been like the the basketball coach the player that reads the you know the teamwork books and the leadership books and the business books and and not so much like on how to achieve goals, but like how can you make it all work together? Yeah, how can how, yeah, and, and just, how and mm-hmm. how can people feel good mm. and learn stuff about like their experience? I was always into that. It's just, like ingrained in yeah, core value, loved that it, growth. Loved That's, it, yeah. loved it, mm-hmm. loved it as a as a basketball coach. And um, so you know when I was speaking to her, but I just uh, again, 
I, I didn't think I had the energy to start a business. You know, I was going to have to get certified. And for me, that was important to do. And, and then to start a business in the midst of what I was doing. And I wouldn't say like innately, I'm like an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, somebody who likes to have flexibility <laughs> and likes to lead. But I think there's like a real like special person who has an entrepreneurial spirit of vision can do it see that vision on their own then pull the people you know all those sorts of things I I'm I don't think we were ever born yeah, knowing yeah. we were going to be yeah. entrepreneurs it's yeah. just you it's, it's it's the skills that are in you it's your mind it's your yeah. mindset yeah and it I really think is. and I think that like again you you have to be a self-starter which I think yeah. innately I'm a little more of like a, let's get a group together to start it you know and I wasn't going to have that group so I don't think I was ready in that conversation to like start that yeah and I so, that. so I took on the role as a per diem sales and it has, been, I'm still doing it. I still do it. Oh, you are still doing it. I too. still do it okay. in addition to my executive coaching business. And so I do, because I, the person I work for, her name is Kara and she is, and my team that I work with, it's, they're too, like, I love it. Like mm. I love it, like being part of that team and Kira, I learn a lot from her. She's a wonderful manager and leader and it's too hard to walk away from. I can fit it into my life. Um, and not for nothing I like making money yeah. it's an you know like it's, it's a motivator an, yeah, it's Hello. an, it's an three easy children yeah it's <laughs> an easy way for me to make some money to yeah um to do that my boss is easy and wonderful to work for it's also but yeah. you're it's sales yeah and everything is sales absolutely and customer with, service yes and, and, and having your own yeah. business you, yeah you're still doing that yeah. so a lot of it is transitional as well yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and um so I still do that as a portion but it fit into my life it still fits into my life because it's so flexible and my boss is so wonderful and she That's does great. a great job you know I think and I kind of see my role and that and that team is really I'm just support staff mm -hmm. that's what I do I support staff mm. how can I make other people on my team's job a little easier how can I add value and it, and at first I kind of felt bad because I'm like coming in and out and you know some days my kids are sick and you know I take a day off like you know for this I'm clear my whole schedule with them and you know am I still bringing value because I'm not showing up every day in the same way that all of them are but Kira my boss does such a great job of just like you know, I don't need all the positive information all the time, mm. but when she can, she says like, great, whenever you can work, we love it. That's a you great know? relationship she never, and understanding. It, so it makes me want to, when I can work, I work for. And they knew that going in too. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you were very clear yeah. on that. Yes. Like, and this is where I'm at. This is who I am. Yeah. This is what my life looks like. Yeah. And she has been wonderful. So I don't um, think, I don't think men would go into that like, yeah. this is where I think men and women are so different. Our moms are so yeah. different of yeah. taking on a, a communicating that and being vulnerable in yeah. that piece of, yeah. of in, in the work yeah. environment. Yes. And I think at first it was hard f for me because sure. it was, you know, where do I see this position going mm -hmm. within this organization? And right. actually twice I was potentially going to work full time for them, mm. you know, because that would make the next step mm -hmm. for me. That would make sense, mm -hmm. you know, but then I kind of stepped back both times and was like, I don't know if one, if I want to do, if I want to do this full time. And number two, I still think the, I need more flexibility. Yep. Yeah. And um, so that was part of the journey. And then I think it was just about a year and a half ago, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I kind of was like, you know, maybe I do want to get certified. Maybe I'm ready to get certified to, to coach. This is and, where the magic happens. Yes, that's where it all started. The, yes. So this is part of the journey, you know. So um, I made a few phone calls to people who were coaches, like, what is the process? Will I make money? Because I don't want to, like, invest all this time. Yep. Again, like... I, 
I know I'm going to enjoy it now. Mm -hmm. Like this is something I'm going to enjoy, but what do I have to do to also make it monetarily worth my time being away from my kids, you know, changing uh, out of what I'm doing now. So once I kind of heard, yes, you can make money and this is how you can do it. That was kind of the final stamp for me of like, go for it. Yeah. And so I called, um, the, the woman who headed up this one training that had been recommended to me, uh, center of coaching excellence. I called her and she said, yeah. So she told me about the training curriculum and it's relatively, you know, you meet once a week. What's the, uh, what's it called? Um, Share with us. yeah. Center for coaching center of center for coaching excellence. Okay. So um, is this where you're getting the certif- certification? Yes. Okay. And then what's the certification called? ICF. ICF. Yep. Okay. ICF. And, um, I'm ACC level executive coach. Mm. Okay, so you do this curriculum for X amount of hours. I believe it's 60 hours in total. We ended up doing a bit more, but, and so it's course curriculum where you're, you know, you're in the class online, you know, live. Oh, yeah. So you're not you, doing it in your own time. You're mm-hmm. actually, in yeah. A, and then you have work otherwise, yes. but you know, mm-hmm. you got to show up. There's three weekends that you do it, okay. like full day, and then um, once a week for a couple hours Mm. you do it and then you have homework reading um there's some mentor coaching you have to do coaching hours within it it's not a big investment in terms of time again i have this flexible job and a wonderful boss and i tell her i'm gonna get certified so i'm gonna be not working as much great wonderful when you can work would love to have you wow so i'm like wow you know what i mean yes it's like she's taking advantage of this opportunity yeah she's just the best Mm -hmm. she was the best um so went through the curriculum and during that time got the LLC, you know, did uh, rise above coaching, went through the process of, you know, getting the website, you know, really what did I want this to look like? What did clientele, the target market, kind of doing all that stuff that was unfamiliar to Isn't me. Isn't this so cool? It's, it's exciting. It, it is it? exciting. But How did you, can I, can I interrupt? Yeah. Like yeah. T- share with our audience about this. And this is where a lot of women are now, and I have listeners, people who talk and ask questions mm-hmm. of like, this moment of you starting your business mm. and you first went, you first reached out to people. Mm. Okay, you asked questions, you yeah. leaned in, which is hard enough as it yeah. is, but you you did that. Second, you, you acknowledged you needed help mm. and support on how to start. Two, you invested in mm-hmm. a coach and a program yep. to elevate the experience and to gain that credibility and more yeah. knowledge and yeah. wisdom in yeah. order to apply what yeah. you're going to yeah. be coaching. Sure. Three, this is where the fun part happens. I'm yeah. like, holy shit, how do you do an LLC? Yeah. How do you... No what, idea. How, like, what's the name of this? Or what's, yeah. what's branding? Like, yeah. all these like other once questions. I name it, I've named it. Like, yeah, I gotta really right. think about it. Yes. You're just like naming a kid kind of. I mean, it's a little more flexible, but yeah. it's not a pressure behind it. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel during this yeah. time? Um, out of my element. Yeah. You know, like out of my element. I, again, like I just... I think in in our marriage, like calling somebody who like takes care of a lot of that stuff, mm. like she's, you know, like, like with an LLC, she has an LLC for, she just is like really competent with that sort of, not that I'm not, but it just, okay, what do I have to do? Yeah. I can get a little more overwhelmed mm-hmm. with those details of, okay, you got to click that and do fill out that form yeah. and, you know, um, it's but, but I did, zone. yeah, but I did it and I have an LLC now and I got the tax ID and the right? whole thing and it's the name. Paper, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. tax ID. Yeah. And it's like, you have to do like, you have to be in the press or something. You have to, I forget what it is. You Articles have to, of Confederation. <laughs> yes. I was like, what do I have to do? Yes. <laughs> I had to read it like three times. Like, okay, I have to contact. Make sure it's stamped. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, but these know. are the, these are the types of, yeah. um, you know, steps that yeah. a lot of us don't know. And a lot of yeah. women and men yeah 
uh, just need support on. Yeah. And instead of Googling it, it's always like, who can I go to? Who's yeah. willing to help me right. with these things yeah. that are they're very confusing and it's just yeah. it's time consuming. Right. So it's a little time consuming things. Yes. And then once you're done, you're done. Yeah, exactly. I put them on my to-do list and I didn't bite off more than I could chew. Yes, I just, you know, that. today I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a tax ID number. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, and I went through the appropriate steps and I, I you know, it felt like I was like, yeah, I did it. You know, mm. I did all these steps while having other stuff go on and um so the LLC got done and named the company and got the website up and started to just get my like create awareness behind mm. the fact that I was changing careers. So the first markets I kind of started to really tell was college athletics because, you know, that's where a lot of my connections were. Yeah. That's probably a world I felt comfortable in. And also having been a head coach, being married to a head coach, they need it's, executive coaching. It, I mean, it's a lot of, oh, I mean, sure. that sitting in that seat is talk about pressure, Yeah, you know, and the role of an executive coach is just to provide a timeout for mm. people. You know, you're often like this hamster wheel and you are just like doing the best you can within that hamster wheel. And, um, you come up across all sorts of challenges, obstacles, um, some opportunities for growth. But when you're on the hamster wheels, I find it's often hard to really reframe, come up with a plan, attack it. Um, and the executive coach provides a pause button so you can get off the hamster wheel for an hour, mm. you know, and really explore what's going on for you. And it's doing it with somebody who's not your spouse, who's not your friend, who's not your boss, who's not your coworker, um, who have all sorts of different biases into that conversation. Um, it's just somebody listening yeah. actively asking questions that help that person dive deeper into what's going on for them. You know, what really is their goal? What is their challenge? That why is it? Empathetic listening. Yeah. Why is it? Right. You can relate. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of get to the heart of whatever it is, whether it's a, you know, a goal mm -hmm. or it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at the end of that conversation in that hour, you've hopefully, if it's been, you know, a worthwhile time, it's you've navigated you know, what, what are we trying to accomplish within this hour? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the focus, you know, not just talking, yeah. talking's important too, but that's kind of for coffee. Yeah. If you're paying someone to be your executive coach at the end of it, it's what's the focus, what's the goal of this conversation? What do you want to have accomplished by the end what of it? What do you want the outcome to be? Exactly. Yes. And mm -hmm. then, um, you know, again, you, you, but it has to be, that outcome has to be attached to your heart. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if that mind and that heart aren't connected, it, you're not really going to, it's not something you're going to be able to consistently stick with. Sustainability. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and so when those two are connected, that's what those questions are about. The active listening is figuring out how to connect to those two. I love that, Lauren. Yeah. yeah. And then so it's, but that's what for me, the training in executive coaching did for me. Mm -hmm. Like innately, I'm a coach. Yeah. Like I want to motivate. I want somebody to be their best. I want them to get to their goals. But how can I do But it's do different that? on the one yeah. on how can you yeah. do that yeah. and serve them and help yes. them. With, and, and it's both what, personally and professionally. Yeah, absolutely. So it's blending those yes, two. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so and then at the end of that, you know, hour and and you've cr out of that why and kind of connection and you create an actionable plan. What are just some small steps you can take from now to the next section? you know, that can get you closer to what your overall goal, goal is. And you break them down. You make them really attainable, time-specific, you know, right. steps that connect your mind to your heart and um, get you where you want to be. 
And again, the goal of an executive coach is getting you from your current reality to where you want to go, mm-hmm. you know, and um, there's there's a whole lot of stuff that's got to happen. And that's the bridge. Yeah. And that's where you're like bridging Absolutely. that gap. I'm sorry, that's the gap. Yes. You're trying to create that yeah. bridge yeah. to yeah. help them get there. Exactly. The accountability piece is. I was just about to say that being a personal trainer. I mean, I think yeah. when you know, like, OK, for you and I. We're division one athletes. Yeah, we knew how to go to a gym and work out Mm -hmm. and we knew all the benefits of it. But if I worked with a personal trainer, I was gonna work harder during that time. I was gonna get more out of that session. Um, And I knew at the end of it, right, when I, if I had said on Thursday that I was gonna be there at 9 a.m., I'm gonna be there Thursday at 9 a.m. So when you work with an executive coach, you know in two weeks, hey, I'm gonna meet with Lauren and meet with that executive coach. I said I was gonna do these two first steps, which do connect to my heart, but they're really hard steps. Mm. You know, they're cha- they're challenging. They're things that I have to make time for or are gonna be difficult conversations or I'm gonna have to spend some time on really reframing my perspective. That accountability of that meeting often will push that person just in that direction to do something that ends up being valuable to of course. them. You're making but, them stop, not even in the meeting, yeah. but you're making them pause. Yeah. to focus on yeah. what you are working on. Right. So, because, yeah. oh my goodness, with everyone that you've worked, that you've worked with and that you've yeah. partnered with and that you've helped, yeah. what have you been, what have you found the most fulfilling yeah. in this experience? Yeah, so I love that you brought that up because I just had a session with a client and um, wow, like right in reading, we do prep forms. So it just helps them kind of gather their thoughts about, you know, what has gone on for them. And um, it also helps me prepare for the session. So she shared the prep form I'm reading through it. I'm like, wow, she's made like a lot of strides in the direction she wants to. But you don't know, you know, sometimes you can read it and have a perspective and like, wow, what great progress for her. But you're not sure how they're going to show up. Mm -hmm. You know, is it the progress they wanted? Is it, you know, but she, she just looked lighter oh, and happier and you could see I mean in the first it. minute yeah so the like the joy I even get chills right now like yeah. the joy I had and just like seeing her and then talk about it like just the successes she had how much better she felt um it, it was I mean I that's why I love being an executive coach mm. you know and it's like the impact you've mm. you've always made an impact like you said the, from the first time I met you, and even today, you said community, community. Yeah. You've always wanted people surrounding you. So your impact is maybe on one person, but that yeah. one person still, yeah. it's affecting, impacting right. whoever is in their life. Yeah. So has that been a struggle for you where you're a more on this one-on-one type mm-hmm. of relationship versus more people or is this like wow i have found my niche i have yeah i have like embraced this and i'm like how does what how is that you know i think i i enjoy it in that i think my nature is to try to find how i'm alike with that person Mm -hmm. and so then it becomes a we yeah you know Mm -hmm. like we are doing this together Mm -hmm. not like i'm helping you attain your goals it's more what can we do together and so when we when i put it in that framework of you know either i'm working with a college coach so there's a we there Mm because there's a a, certainly a likeness there um whether i'm working with a professional mom mom boss Mm -hmm. you know i there's a a likeness there yeah. so it's a we it's, like, you know, it's right it's, away it's, the it's coaches and the mentors that's, i've had that's it's that a, connection yeah. yeah and even if i'm working with a you know a man there's likeness in how he shows up for his family or doing trying to do the best he can or a leader or an achiever you know i try to look for those things 
that don't set us apart, but that are that are similarities between that client that mm -hmm. I'm working with. For and, our people listening, yeah. what what type of people have been reaching out to you who you work with? Yeah, a, a variety. So at first it was college coaches were kind of that primary market of people. Um, but then kind of recently how you and I connected a little more is they said, why don't I get my name more out there within the Albany area? You know, I have some wonderful, awesome people right around me. And so I started to do that. And within, even within that time in the last two months, I've gotten clients within the Albany area. I think the tendency is for women to certainly be a little more, I think one, a little more open to, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the process in general. Mm -hmm. um, but I think moms and professionals are a little more you know, attracted to mm -hmm. this is a good fit for me. And so yeah. that primarily, you know, I have, I've done workshops, workshops for a fair amount of men, but I would love a first time client that's a man if they're out there, but, <laughs> but, but, but it's mostly women just because yeah. I think that's the nature of, you know, there's a likeness there yeah. that's very real yeah. and mm -hmm. connected. Um, and so, yeah, I have both college coaches, professional women, um, and I've done a, both in the Albany area. I do Zoom sessions, so it can happen wherever. Okay. Um, I do workshops. You know, I have a couple coming up. One I'm doing for a college team. One, actually, I have three coming up. I have one I'm doing for a college team. One I'm doing for a private high school and all their coaches. I was just going to ask you, have you tapped yeah. into the yeah. local high school? So that is actually a New York City private high school, but, okay. um, I, I haven't had, but I think it's a great, oh, I you know, think it would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, f hopefully p first people have to, one, they have to know it's out there, right? Two, they have to feel like this would add value. And then do you have the money? It's the education, it, it's know? the awareness. Yeah. And this is why we're here because yeah. you hear, you're listening. Yeah. We are going to get more workshop. We're yeah. going to do more together. Yeah. I'm so I would, excited. I would love it. Yeah. We're yes. a perfect fit. There's no I doubt about know. it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I want to, I want to, um, gosh, we could talk longer and we're an hour, over an hour, yeah. but we're going to finish with a this or that. Okay. All right. Don't look at my okay. ready. I won't. Yeah. This, this or that you choose one. Okay. Okay. Simple coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Offense or defense? Oh, that's hard. Offense. Ooh. You were you were the shooting guard. <laughs> no, point guard. Point guard. Point guard. guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted the ball in my hands making decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and I was slow laterally. So defense, really? oh yeah. I was fast in the open floor, but guarding someone. God. I had to I was kinda had to be a little dirty. Like, Do you ever play like play, yeah. rec, like play rec a little bit? <laughs> no, I don't. I used to play when I coached, I would play a little yeah. bit. But I haven't played in a and I coach my daughter's third grade team now, yeah. so I get out there and make them guard. Cheers, me. look at us. Yeah. We both That's a hard job right there. It's <laughs> a hard job. Put the ball in your belly. Eyes up here. Put your ball in the belly. Oh <laughs> Don't my... dribble the ball. God, Lauren, I was just saying to the head coach, and yeah. I'm her assistant coach, yeah. I'm like, this is probably the hardest age because there's a mix of girls oh, yeah. on the team where they're, you know, some yeah. are more, need more challenge, more, yeah. more cuddled. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I it's... forgot your coaching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Family yeah. game night or movie marathon? Mm, movie marathon. Mm. Networking brunch or empowering workshop? Empowering workshop. Mentorship or collaboration? Hmm. Man. I know. Made it hard on purpose. Yeah, that one's a really hard for me. Um, mentorship. Okay. Leading the charge or working behind the scenes? Mm, leading the charge. Hell yeah, girl. She, there she is. She's back at it. <laughs> Girls Night In or Women's Empowerment Conference? Women's Empowerment Conference. Book or podcast? Podcast. Serena Williams or Simone Biles? Ooh. 
Serena. Mm. Beyonce or Taylor Swift? Oh, Beyonce. Is Maggie? Is, is do your do your children listen to? Yeah, she, Maggie's and Maggie knows every. So she is who you'd want on your team if you had to like finish the line of a pop song. <laughs> like she just has like that memory. Colleen has it too. Like you could just. So she loves pop music. She loves Taylor Swift. She loves really any sort of pop music in general. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, she. I would. She probably lean a little more. I don't know if she's heard as much Beyonce. Uh, but I, I love Beyonce. I mean, I she's know, just so right? powerful. That's our time, yeah. too. Yeah, she's just so powerful. Queen B. Yeah. Um, sticky notes or digital calendar? <laughs> I'm not sure which works for me. I'm not sure neither. Where I'm not sure. I have both. Because I'm not sure which one works. <laughs> I don't know. I like, just made these thinking, like, are we really that much alike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure I'm winning with either. But I would, <laughs> I guess the digital. I guess you always go digital. back to the winning mentality yeah, yeah, too. Isn't yeah, it so hard? Yeah, I guess like, the digital. Yes. All right. Yes. D- yep. Yeah. Last one: mom guilt or work guilt? Oh. It's a hard one. I think work guilt more for me now. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Because I yeah. I don't know why I ended on that one. Yeah. But like I don't even like guilt. Yeah. We're trying to get over this. Yeah, but this I think guilt. that I've you know I'm, tra- I'm transitioning out of giving all my time to my kids like I've you know yeah I mean when they're home I'm there like I'm not trying to split anything else I'm transitioning out of trying and I'm having to split a little more um and so I I feel like in the back of my head I've I've given them a lot of time Mm, (laughs) like you know so I you know just being able I think the the work guilt just comes around like am I doing what I need to do to give the most I can to my clients, to mm-hmm. the work, to mm-hmm. the, um, you know, so just learning how to process, do that, the process for doing that. Mm. I think I'm in the process of figuring out what best works. Well, your story is yeah. so inspirational. It's so yeah. empowering. And your website, what is your website you can share? I'll, yep. We'll put it in the notes as well. Yep. So uh, riseabovecoaching.net. Okay. Is yep. there any other um, information you want to share or anything that you want to promote or... Um, anything from your, with your coaching business as well? Yeah. Um, I, I think that executive coaching is for everyone. You know, you can be an executive, you can be a, not an executive, just somebody trying to go from whatever their current reality is to where they want to head. And so it is a service that, and it's, and it's not, it doesn't have to be a boutique service. Mm. You know, it, I want to work, I, I can work with people and make it affordable because it's something I love doing. Um, so if you're interested in, in that sort of work, you know, just contact me. I also do workshops. I'm doing one for a local law firm that I'm really excited about. Again, another mom boss, Linnell Bosworth has helped me set this up and we met, talk about soccer moms Her, yeah. you know, like I coach her kid on the yeah. basketball team and she's dynamite. And, you know, I think she saw what I'm doing and really wants to support it. And so if you have an organization where you feel like doing one of these workshops, I have some of the ideas posted, but the world is the oyster around the workshop. Like you tell me what your group needs and we'll create something that'll add value and um, can kind of, you know, get, again, get that group of, to just reframe, give them new tools and, um, you know, really make it work for your organization. And you know, so. you're going to be winning because that is what comes out of your, that is your mentality. Right. You just, yes. well, it's process and it's yes. progress and, um, and it doesn't have to be black and white on the scoreboard. It's, you know, again, it's p- part of this client I just worked with. She was able to just look at something a different way mm. and it gave her such freedom. That's winning. Different lens. Yeah, That's absolutely. winning. Yeah. And that joy it brought. Last question. Mm. Any advice that you would give to mom bosses out there, moms oh, out there, any, anyone. Yeah. Give yourself some grace. 
man, mm-hmm. like give yourself some grace. Like you, you, every, I think everyone's doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And um, just give yourself some grace. Put one foot in front of the other and show up for your kids and show up for your work the best you can in that day and give yourself some grace, I think, is the, the one piece of advice I give. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm. I really appreciate your yeah. time. And Thanks for doing the spread. This is wonderful uh, yeah. what you do, what you're about. I love Thank it. You. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I will put all of your information in the notes and even like Instagram or Facebook, all that stuff. So if you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to Lauren. She is incredible. And I hope you enjoyed her impactful story. Until next time, keep maximizing your mom boss potential.